0: Seven years after an autumn 2001 epidemic of anthrax closed US mail-sorting facilities and killed five Americans, the FBI has its man, or so the agency claims. The master bioterrorist who spread spores and a certain amount of havoc in the tense autumn of 2001 was, the Bureau now alleges, Bruce Ivins. He was a scientist who worked on biological weapons at a US government installation. We must call this biodefense because if the U.S. government were researching offensive biological agents, it would be violating the 1972 International Convention on Biological Weapons. We cannot know whether Ivins was the culprit. He killed himself in July 2008, just before the FBI made its case against him public but by now it is obvious that the anthrax scare and the years of hysteria it provoked over biological mayhem engineered by foreigners was based on a chimera. Axis of evil, so-called non-state actors like al-Qaeda, out-of-work scientists from the former Soviet Union, other supposedly nefarious outsiders and historical enemies, none of these had had a role in creating American epidemics. Besides the Postal Anthrax event of 2001, in which 22 people became sick and five died, only one other epidemic can be plausibly attributed to biological weapons in North America. A smallpox outbreak among tribes of the Ohio Valley during the French and Indian War in 1763. Neither incident was the work of enemy fighters or religious zealots. If human invention produced the two epidemics, it seems to have been perfidy by government agents. In the first case, a British military officer's gift of infected blankets to the tribes aligned with the enemy. In the recent one, a disgruntled scientist. The $20 billion the United States has spent on protecting the public from epidemics created by human hands in the past decade might be pointless or might itself be putting people in danger. But in any case, it has not solved an epidemic by bioterrorism problem since such a problem never really existed. The hysteria around anthrax began with an extraordinary welling up of dread. The September 11 disasters were a still smouldering memory. The new gravity of life seemed to mute the customary talk of risk, as if organising daily activities in order to maximise health, the low-fat diet, the buckled seatbelt, the drinking of a single glass of red wine with dinner had come to seem like self-indulgent effrontery in the face of the prospect of dying in a falling building, or as if health were simply in the hands of God or fate and not up to us. But when the bacterium Bacillus anthraeus arrived by letter in October and people came down with anthrax, dread coalesced around the threat of an anthrax epidemic. An industry fueled by fears of epidemics by bioterrorism existed before September 11, but it was little more than a startup. Anthrax kicked it into high gear. As if to corroborate our fiercest anxieties, sci-fi scenarios were professed. In late October 2001, a symposium at Harvard School of Public Health featured estimable researchers and health officials lecturing on the possibility of crop dusters spraying pestilence. Admonitions about smallpox were heard. Pondits painted horrendous scenarios of cities wiped out by germs dropped from airplanes. Professor Walter Lacker, chair of the International Research Council and a member of the Centre for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, observed that, according to a 1980 study, spreading one ounce of anthrax spores in a domed stadium could infect 60,000 to 80,000 people within an hour. The state of horror was so poignantly highlighted by the new anthrax cases that, to some, such scenarios seemed prophetic. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the federal agency charged with protecting the American public from disease threats, was unable or unwilling to define how people were contracting anthrax, who would not contract it, or what could be done to render safe those venues in which infections had occurred. The CDC is usually prompt in investigating outbreaks, but it was hampered by the FBI in this case when the Bureau insisted that some information was classified because of an ongoing criminal investigation. Although much information was made public, almost none of it was usefully informative as to how little chance anyone ran of encountering anthrax spores, how nearly impossible it was to acquire anthrax from a person who had been infected, and how consequently minuscule the odds were that there will be a broad epidemic.